0: Hello, oh, and welcome back to the Father's Daughter Podcast, or if you're new, welcome. As promised, this episode will not disappoint. Today we are sitting down with our friend and household sister, Gabby de Jesus, who is going to share her experience about the Camino de Santiago. I hope Gabby inspires you, like she did I, to see Christ out in near and far places. Welcome to episode two of the Father's Daughter Podcast. Please enjoy. Yes, faithfully and fully. We pray this in your Holy Mother's name. Hail Mary. Home full of grace,
1: grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of, of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, pray for us sinners and now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. <laughs> Put
0: your phone on. It's fine. All right, so we're here with Gabby. Um, and do you want to say your last name? Like, you can say your last name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I'm Gabby
0: DeJesus. There you go. Some people don't want their last names on there. Oh. <laughs> That's I, why. It's
1: alright. It doesn't
0: matter. Um, perfect. Well, Gabby, um, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Leah, for inviting me. <laughs> this is the first one-on-one
0: <laughs> podcast, so, um, when we... So, Gabby's a household sister, um, and we're in Daughters of Zion Household together here at Franciscan, um, and so our, old, our household sisters that were on our last episode, um, See, were you guys in the same intent class as Michelle no, and Krina?
1: Michelle and Krina were my intent mamas. So yeah. they, oh. they were coordinators when I got into household.
0: Okay, awesome. So that's how everyone's linked for everyone <laughs> to know. Um, okay, so just tell us a little bit about who you are as the father's daughter. Um, I guess where you live, what you study, what you do. Just
1: whatever you want to share. So I am a senior this year at Franciscan University. I'm 21 years old, and I'm studying mathematics and education. And this semester, I'm actually completing my student teaching. So right now, I spend most of my day with my little students at school who aren't very little because they're actually high schoolers, but I'm in there teaching math to them. Uh, and other than that, I'm also on the basketball team here at Franciscan. Woo-woo-woo. So that takes up, me up a lot of my time. So there are a lot of different <laughs> things that I'm very passionate about that I, I love am it. able to participate here.
0: Gabby is great, guys. She's such a good basketball player. We <laughs> Thanks, love reading yeah. for her. That's one of our funnest things is how some <laughs> She's the only, she's like the only sporty one. Yeah.
1: The <laughs> so posters, whatever you guys
0: call The <laughs> so fun. All right. So, and then you are near Chicago?
1: Yes, I I live in a northwest Did you already say that? I did not. No. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Yeah, so I live about an hour outside of Chicago in a little suburb in the northwest It has about 45,000 people in it, so it's actually not that little, but it is my hometown and I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I get that, because I'm, like, in a suburb of L.A., so, like, I'll say small, but, like, but it's <laughs> not compared to Steubenville, Ohio. <laughs> no. um, but we get the best of both worlds, really. Oh yeah. I think it's not a college town by any means. No. But it's it is, it is small. Um, so, what are you planning to go back to Chicago when you're done with school? So this is your senior year, right?
1: Yes. So. Actually, I'm not planning on it. I want to adventure and. <gasps> put roots elsewhere oh my gosh you can always go back home but I know if I do that I might get stuck and not that getting stuck there is a bad thing but I want to I want to branch out I want to be adventurous I want to go live in the mountains or Uh, somewhere where you're so
0: brave (laughs) I just want to go back home to my mom and
1: daddy (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that
0: uh well You're very brave, so I'm so glad you're going to do great things. (laughs) So um, we're here with Gabby today because she had an amazing summer. (laughs) Um, So Gabby went on the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you want to just real quickly tell us, like, what is the Camino? Why is it important for Catholics and, like, the faith and even non-Catholics, actually? So I don't know. How many miles is it? Mm -hmm. All that stuff.
1: So the Camino de Santiago, like Leah said, is, a, is an ancient pilgrimage route that dates back, I don't know when, but I know it's very old. And it ranked in the top three with, along with the pilgrimage to the Holy Land and the pilgrimage to Rome. And the Camino itself, there are actually three main routes that you can take. There is the French Way, which is the way that I walked, and that way is 500 miles It starts in Saint-Jean-France and ends in Santiago. There's also the Portuguese route, which starts in the south of Portugal, and you hike north to Santiago. And then there's the northern route that also starts in France, but it takes the border, the northern border. So you hit all the coastal towns, and then you also end up in Santiago for that one. But like I said, my group and I, we chose to do the the traditional, the French way. So that one is awesome. 500 miles or 799 kilometers, as they say in Europe.
0: Wow. Um. So which, so you took the French route, and who did you go with? You mentioned a group.
1: I went, the group started to form was, I had one of our household sisters, her name is Kaylee. She had walked the French route after her Austrian semester, and she wanted to get a group together to go again because she... After walking realize that it's a really big evangelization opportunity mm-hmm. because almost everyone who's on the Camino is searching for something. But some people don't know what they're searching for.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a
1: great opportunity for us to share the gospel, to talk about the faith, and hopefully lead people down the path that we know will lead to eternal awesome. eternal love, eternal satisfaction in heaven. So she first brought it to household and we had a small group going and it dwindled down a little bit as people figured out that a they lot. couldn't go. I really wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> or that the dates didn't work out. Yeah. And at the end of it, we had four household sisters who had said yes and were, who were in it for the long run. Um, and once we had those four sisters, we said that we definitely wanted a priest to come with us mm-hmm. because we've heard that it's even though it is a pilgrimage route, a lot of the churches that are along the way are old and they're closed and they don't always have priests available to say mass. So we knew that that was our top priority was to get a priest to come with us. Mm-hmm. So we started to talk to different friars who are on Franciscans campus. Unfortunately, none of them are available. So our household sister Taylor ended up contacting one of the parish priests from her diocese down in Tallahassee, Pensacola. His name was Father Kevin. And his availability worked out and he had had the desire on his heart to walk it for a while and he said yes so then mm-hmm. our group grew one more because we got father kevin and then father kevin invited some of his friends from his parish and then they invited their friends so when it was all said and done we entered santiago with 13 people
0: wow that's awesome that's um a lucky number for some people Hey, <laughs> okay. um so how did you um how did you prepare
1: so, physically, my physical pre- preparation, I didn't do anything extra. Like I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a basketball player at Franciscan, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I've been <laughs> an athlete for almost my whole life, so exercise is just in my daily routine. So, physically, there wasn't really anything extra I did. I just knew that I was already in shape and that I would be able to handle walking that amount every yeah. day. Financially speaking, my dad actually gave me my plane ticket over to Spain for my birthday.
0: Oh, my gosh. So that
1: cut a huge burden off yeah. of it. So all that I had left to pay for was my expenses when I was over there. So my housing, my food, and the little bits of transportation here and there. And I had enough in my savings account built up to cover that. So That's I awesome. really didn't do anything extra for to, to raise funds either. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't make a GoFundMe or anything like that. I just continued to work my regular schedule and just used the funds that I had in my savings. Awesome. And spiritual preparation. I didn't think about anything specific that I needed to do. I didn't pray a novena or anything like that. I was kind of just trusting that what the Lord had brought me through in the past semester, in the past years of my life, that he had prepared my heart perfectly for whatever he wanted me to receive on the Camino. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just let him take over that, and I trusted that whatever it was, I was going to be ready because he would would not let me go if I wasn't ready yet.
0: Oh, of course. Wow. That's what trust in the Lord? Gosh, Gabby. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh my god, I'm gonna die on
1: this camino. I mean of course But I mean I, Jesus
0: wouldn't send me, I guess, yeah. if I wasn't gonna die.
1: Of course I, I brought a lot to prayer and I had a few recommendations from other people who had walked it before to memorize a scripture mm-hmm. or a poem or something that meant a lot to you and I ended up choosing prior to to meditate on a paragraph from from St. Faustina's diary. It's paragraph two, and that was the paragraph that I ended up memorizing, and it kind of became my daily offering every day.
0: Mm. What is that? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, so the paragraph says, Oh my Jesus, when I look into the future, I am frightened. But why plunge into the future? Only the present moment is precious to me, for the future may never enter into my soul at all. It is not in my power to change, correct, or add to the past, for neither sages nor prophets could do that, and so what the past has embraced I must entrust to God. O present moment, you belong to me whole and entire, a desire to use you as best I can, and though I am weak and small, you grant me the grace of your omnipotence. And so, trusting in your mercy, I walk through this life like a little child, offering you each day this heart, burning with love for your greater glory
0: wow okay first of all oh my gosh I love that I love like the power the power of presence like
1: right and and that was something I I guess spiritually that I did want to focus on during the Camino
0: yeah just
1: to to really be where my feet were to be present to the strangers that I just met walking next to me really engaged in the conversation and, and just soaking in every little town because we know that everything in life is fleeting, but even on the Camino, even more. You don't stay yes. in the same bed more than once.
0: It's so a definite, you... definite, like, poverty. Right. Temporary Exactly.
1: Poverty. Everything is temporary, even the people you meet and mm-hmm. the places you stay. So just to really hone in on I am where yeah. I am right now and what does the Lord want to give me in this moment right now.
0: That's so beautiful. And also, guys, she didn't read off anything. <laughs> <laughs> she was just <laughs> spitting it out. Oh, my gosh, what a beautiful gift to have. That's great. Oh, gosh, Fastino is giving us such joys. Um, so you were, kind of mentioned that a little earlier, you were talking about what you kind of saw going on the Camino, and it was Kaylee, Kaylee's idea to kind of do a mission of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there anything else that you kind of saw
1: it? For me personally... To use biblical references, I was really just looking for new wine, Mm. whatever that was. Prior to walking on the Camino, specifically in my spiritual life, through the past spring semester, there were just a lot of adjustments going on. I moved into an apartment, so I didn't really have access to a chapel 24-7 in my dorm like I had before. And I had a really hard time with that because I realized I kind of, gained this dependency on the chapel, and I started to think that if if I'm not praying in the chapel, then my prayer is not meaningful. And that was definitely a lie from the devil that I had to get rid of. And so after the Lord brought me through that that spring semester, He, as we reached the summer, left me in this place where I knew that I was ready for newness, mm-hmm. like a new routine, a new prayer life, new methods of prayer. And that was that scripture passage the the one from the gospel where Jesus says you can't put old wine into new wineskins because the wineskins will burst and the wine will be ruined but we need to to look for new wine and to welcome new wine and so that whatever whatever the new wine was that is what yeah. I was seeking
0: oh, I love that oh Gabby you're already <laughs> So much wisdom to this podcast More than I ever could (laughs) That's amazing So new wine Wow Um And then Who did you encounter On the Camino So if you were Encountering new wine I guess Give us a little like Background on what Some of the people That you met Like what Mm -hmm. were they seeking It's funny I think of Sorry To cut you off But like I'm thinking of like The way
1: The movie The movie
0: With Martin Sheen Um, and spoiler, like, his son dies yeah. on the Camino. Which is funny that I made that comment earlier. Like, Jesus is going to let me die. But I also yeah. guess it's, like, definitely, well, we're not going to get into divine providence. <laughs> but, but, like, he decided to fin- do the Camino for his son. Right. And I'm not giving away anything in the movie because it happens in the first few minutes. But, and he encounters people who, who have this sort of spiritual poverty, um, and I know that that's found on the Camino.
1: Oh, yeah. I think... too it's popular. Right. To a certain extent, everyone who's on the Camino is spiritually poor in some way. Mm, yeah. But not everyone recognizes it, that it's a spiritual poorness for the Lord. Yes. Even though it started out as an ancient pilgrimage, in a lot of ways, the Camino has kind of become secularized. A lot of people just see it as this next big hike to do, kind of like the Appalachian Trail or... Mm the Pacific Crest Trail, something like that, mm-hmm. um, another adventure and another kind of escape from reality. Mm-hmm. But people also walk it for so many different reasons. Like like you said, like in the movie The Way, he walked it for his son, and I met this pilgrim named Dana who had walked the, the Camino 10 years prior with her mother, and they were planning on doing it again. However, before she left, her mother had passed from cancer Wow. But she decided to walk it for her mom and she was carrying her mom's backpack and some of the things that her mom was going to walk with in addition to some of her other stuff. So like her
0: backpack and her mom's backpack.
1: Well not her backpack she used the backpack that her mom was going to use as her own but other people were walking just to figure out what their next step in life was. For example some people might have quit the job that they just had and they hiked the Camino to see if They could figure out what they were going to do next. And otherwise, there were other pilgrims who were walking it because they wanted an authentic Catholic experience to walk in the footsteps of a saint and to encounter Jesus Christ in many different ways. So really across the board. But the one thing that was uniform was that everybody was searching for something.
0: Yeah. And we are. We all are. But it's just like, who's going to put on a backpack and hiking shoes? Right. physically seek this out that's really beautiful so um was there anyone else that you met so you showed me your little um my journal leather yes. journal which is like first of all out of a movie <laughs> like I can't oh uh, I always want to be that person who can keep a leather journal and travel the world but um tell me what you did
1: in your leather journal so in my journal I journaled every day Uh, I'm I'm an introvert, and I love to write. That's kind of how I process things. I don't have to say anything out loud, so it's not as scary. So I just write, and I write, and I write. And every day, I would start my entry with the town that we started in, and then the town that we ended in, and I would write how far we walked in kilometers and in miles, the time it took us to walk, and then I would draw a line that represented the geographical changes So the elevation changes, if it was super flat, if it was super steep. And then every day I tried to write about one person along the way that I had met. For the most part, I tried to keep it strangers, as in I didn't always want to write about somebody in my group. I wanted to write about a new person Mm -hmm. who I encountered for the first time. And I always tried to choose somebody that I thought was really memorable, either because of their first encounter with me, because of the reason that they're walking the Camino, or just how their presence felt when I was with them. And after that, I would journal a little bit just to Jesus, <laughs> prayerful journaling. Yeah. But yeah, every day I really did try to focus on writing about one specific person that I met.
0: Uh-huh. So there was a good, like, balance in that journal.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Wow. Um. So... I I love that it was sort of a mission. I didn't know that before mm-hmm. we sat down and started talking about it, but because I know that Focus does like. Did you meet any Focus missionaries when you were there? We did not. Uh, that's funny. Well, it'd be it would be weird, but they definitely go at the same time. But anyways, um, and then some sort of mission of like mission of presence, right? So you're you're talking a lot about that, which I find it beautiful because when I went on Bronx mission which hopefully will be the next episode, talking about that. But it's a mission of presence. So talking to people, obviously no one wants to talk to you on the subway of New York. Right. But were people relatively willing to, like, share their story? Or I guess, like, how much did you have to not dig, but, like, kind of guess if people were comfortable with sharing why they were on the Camino?
1: Right. And it struck me that there was this sort of across-the-board openness Mm -hmm. among all the pilgrims who are walking. Like I said, everyone is searching, and everyone else recognizes that everyone else is searching. Mm -hmm. And how I kind of phrase it is, there's always those Camino icebreaker questions, like, (laughs) what's your name, how old are you, where are you from, where did you start, why are you walking? It's kind of a standard question. And so starting those conversations with people was not difficult at all really, and a lot of the time other people would start them too, so it was, it was very mutual in in the openness and in the conversation. Yeah.
0: What would you say when people would ask you why you were walking? Because obviously you're not going to be like, oh, I'm trying to share, I'm right. trying to convert you. <laughs> like, you're not going to flat out say that.
1: Right. But, like, what did you share with them? A lot of the time I would just say that I was looking for newness and a deeper relationship with God and with Jesus, and I think sometimes that was a good icebreaker for those people who did have a good faith also and wanted to talk about it, but other times, sometimes with people would kind of brush that comment mm. off because they didn't necessarily have faith, so it was kind of hit or miss, but mm. that was usually, I wanted to stay true to my identity as father's daughter and really incorporate that mm. into what I was saying yeah. to other people, even though it wasn't always easy to do so.
0: mm yeah, my gosh. And um, so obviously, so you're doing this to, to get closer to Jesus' heart. Mm-hmm. So where did you find yourself getting closer to him? Like at what point in the Camino or maybe there was a certain person that you met that you realized, wow, this changes. Was it after or like when did you notice that that change or if you
1: experienced one? The closest I would feel to him every day other than during specific in-depth conversations with other pilgrims was during the mass of course because we had Father Kevin we were fortunate enough to celebrate mass every day in the evenings it was always before dinner time so our day would consist of 6 to 8 hours of walking and then you'd get to the hostel you'd take a, a cold shower you do your laundry you'd put your feet up and you just relax and then we were fortunate enough to have mass. And that was kind of on the days where I found walking difficult. That was my motivation because I knew wherever I was walking that I was going to get Jesus once I got there. And I know, of course, he is physically present in the Eucharist. So it's really easy to find him there. But mm-hmm. that was kind of my refuge. Yeah. And last year, with an extremely busy fall semester, I kind of clung to the scripture from one of St. Paul's epistles that says my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness and that was kind of the scripture when my feet would kill me or my legs would be so sore I would just feel so tired that I didn't want to do anything else that was kind of the scripture that would run through my head again and so I knew that at mass during Eucharist that that was when I received those graces that was when Jesus would come and restore me and a lot of the time I would picture him washing my feet because my feet would hurt so bad, and so I would just picture him immersing them in his ocean of mercy and all of a sudden, you know, healed, and I was ready. Wow. I found him there, of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, obviously. (laughs) Wow, what a gift. Wow, that's amazing. And also, like, I don't think, like, every person should expect to, like, I have faith, like, I'm a Catholic, I'm going on the Camino, like, you can't always expect to get something out of it. Right. Like, so many people are going just to, first of all, say that they did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that unless you're, and that's beautiful that you had the sacrament every day because it's a healthy reminder. So, like, unless, if you're not, I can imagine, like, if you're not doing that every day, like, how often it'd just be like i'm walking i'm walking like i'm seeing europe like you know i imagine how much you can get lost into that um was there any so you kept the journal um kind of going back on that Mm -hmm. was there anyone that you met that you would want to share a story of or like anyone who stood out or maybe really inspired you
1: the person that immediately comes to my mind is this Korean woman named Jiwon. <laughs> we met her during the second week of the Camino. She was staying at one of the hostels that we were staying at, and we were having a, a family dinner, where, which is where we cook in, and we just all sit around a long table together and we invite invite other people from the hostel. We invited her, but she had already had dinner plans, but that was the first day we met her, and All of a sudden she kept popping back up and she would ask to come to our masses and she would ask to walk with us. And before we knew it, we kind of took her in as one of our own. And the most memorable moment that I have of her was at family dinner in this town called Orneos. And this particular family dinner, we had the most guests that we've ever had. We had a person from Germany, a person from... Canada, a person from the UK, a person from Taiwan, we had Jiwon. We had a person from Texas. We had all these different guests and Father Kevin kind of as our shepherd wanted more of a structured conversation around the table, so he invited everyone to share a little bit about themselves, where they're from, possibly why you're walking. And after the meal ended, uh, during the meal, Jiwon had shared that she is a professional singer, opera singer in Korea. Oh and so after God. the meal ended, Father Kevin asked Jiwon if she would sing. And Jiwon is a very, very soft-spoken person. She Her English is spot on, but of course she's a little bit shyer with it. So, But the moment that she stood up to sing, it was mind-blowing it was (laughs) mind-blowing so many of us had tears around our eyes because of how beautiful it was and I think it just spoke volumes to the beauty of the soul that was within her that didn't necessarily always shine forth on in her words because it was just all grace on the inside and that was I always remember G1 in that way the way that she was closing Mm -hmm. her eyes picturing what she was singing about and just singing with her whole heart and She became our one of our group's closest friends, Mm. and she she really did stick with us. And a lot of the time, she would go to the to the market and buy random snacks for us and leave them on our beds. And she would say that the Camino Elf got them for everyone. Oh, just little nuggets here and there. Wow. She ended up making everyone in the group a little watercolor note. She 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 drew everyone in watercolors. Our names in Korean and wrote it on the back. She is twenty eight.
0: Wow. Yeah. And she was on the Camino by herself?
1: Yeah, she did the whole thing That's by herself. Amazing. Yeah. So, I always think about our little G. Oh, yeah.
0: were you able to connect with her after? Like, are you friends with her on Facebook? We or? still
1: chat on WhatsApp.
0: Oh, awesome. So,
1: she's back in Korea right now. She ended up walking the Portuguese route after she finished. But now she's back in Korea. So. Awesome. hmm
0: That's crazy. Um, so... You were talking about how you finished um, the Camino. And obviously, like, okay, so in the way, <laughs> they, um, they go to Mass at St. James Cathedral. Right. Right. So, which first of all, is a bu- it's a beautiful movie. People, you need to watch it. But um, what was your feeling, like, when you reached the steps of the cathedral?
1: So, it was very nostalgic, I want to say. And, and very outer body, and I, I actually started to feel that way once we were walking into Santiago itself, so probably once we were still about three miles outside of the city center, and what really kind of brought the feeling on for me was that as we were walking in, we, were, we kept running into people that we had met along the way that we had gotten close to, but that we had to say bye to because they had to pick up their pace a little bit more, and... Mm-hmm. When we said bye, you're never really sure if you're going to see that person or those people again. And so it was kind of a thank you for, for your blessing and, you know, may the Lord be with you. And But as we were walking, more more and more people that we met kept popping up. And it was kind of like, for me, at least it was a foretaste of heaven. You know, a pilgrimage is what I went on, but life is also a pilgrimage mm-hmm. and our final destination is heaven. And so the way that people that we had met along the way popping up as we were entering Santiago, for me, it just spoke to what that's going to be like when we enter the kingdom of God, you know, people that we had relationships with prior in our lives who had gone before us showing up at random points saying, Hey, you're almost there. Or, Hey, go down this alley and you're there just welcoming us home. So, but The feeling specifically when I got to the square itself in front of the cathedral, a little bit of relief just because of the physicality and how tired my feet were and how my body felt. But also just this this bittersweet feeling of knowing that that journey that I just went on was was done, but that I had reaped so much fruit from it and that I would reap so much fruit in the future, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I can't imagine that feeling. Um. And then did they do the um? There's the large the the Buda Yes.
1: So I, actually, they did swing it when we were there. So that's the thing of incense. Yes. But it's humongous. Huge.
0: I wonder how big it is.
1: It's 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 huge.
0: How many? It's tons.
1: Yeah. Probably a few tons. I honestly don't know how much it. And it's huge,
0: and they swing it from. So to give you a picture, they swing it from the top of the cathedral so there's is there, is there altar um servers who are swinging it or it's priests right
1: I think it's priests I actually was not present at the mass where they swung okay. it I went to a, ended up going to a vigil mass that night so I didn't go to the mass at noon which is um, when they usually swing it but Father Kevin the priest in our group actually got to fill the incense before uh, they swung it that's so That's awesome He was over the moon about that
0: <laughs> quick
1: segment about the bonito
0: um cuz I wonder, Teresa, the, she's my one of my good friends from home, her mom um, walked a little bit of the Camino because she's older, um, so they kind of took, like, not the, you know, senior route, but, like, the elderly you know, where they yeah, stopped they, with buses and stuff, because there's so many multiple ways to do it, and mm-hmm. I think that, like, any age can do yes, it, and I think yes. that's really beautiful about it, but um, she had been with, so with her group, and she... So, the story is that Teresa got a call, and so her mom got hurt, and so she called me, and she's like, my mom's in the hospital in Spain. And, I'm mm-hmm. f- like, my first thought, <laughs> so bad, my first thought was that, that huge hitter. <laughs> that <it> hit <laughs> because that's what I thought, because when you're watching videos of it, some people are, like, ducking. <laughs> Oh my god, what happened? No, um it had like there was like a flash rain and she slept on the oh steps no. of the cathedral and broke her femur. Oh my god. That's a whole other story of how she was in a Spanish wow. hospital for weeks. Oh, that was the worst. If Teresa's listening, I hope she's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really rough, but it was um it was really interesting. That's my little anecdote about <laughs> <laughs> the incense burner that's just ginormously huge. I'm like is so big. Anyways, um great. So you finished the Camino. How many miles did it end up end up
1: being? About five hundred. On my certificate it says seven hundred and ninety-nine kilometers.
0: That's amazing. Where do you have that certificate? Like where it is still
1: it? at my house in okay. the carton that it came in.
0: So like cuz do you get like stamps? Like how many stamps do you have? You do. On it?
1: I don't know how many stamps I have. The stamps actually go on your pilgrim passport. Mm. So when you start the Camino, you register at a pilgrims office. They give you a passport and a, a seashell, which is the symbol of a pilgrim, and you tie the shell onto your backpack. And at every albergue you stay at you get a stamp and sometimes bars especially towards the end will have more stamps so it's kind of like a fun the places that i've stayed type thing it's a really cool thing to look back at
0: Ah, that's awesome yeah that's so cool um okay so you're done with the camino you get on the plane home like how does it feel being back like Not necessarily back at school, but just, like, Mm -hmm. back in the States, like, going back to regular life. Like, what did you—how was the? what were those feelings?
1: I was honestly longing to be back on the Camino (laughs) pretty quickly. But at the same time, I felt like it was so far away also. And I don't know if it was because of the contrast of life on the Camino and life at home— but, yeah, it felt like a distant past, and I, I wasn't really expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of struggling to to think about it and to recall it and, and to incorporate what I learned into my daily life at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that is still something that I'm trying to learn right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. That's good. That's still going to be a process.
1: Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's pretty
0: cool. Then we caught you at a good time. You
1: did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, what has been bringing, so you're still in the process of, I guess, zipping that up and locking it and stuff like that, but what has been bringing you closer to the Father right now, like in the moment?
1: So right now, I honestly, and it's funny because I was reflecting a little bit about this last week before you even sent me what we were going to talk about (laughs) today, but for me, I've always struggled with putting my identity in the right place. Specifically in high school, I put it a lot in my academic performance, in my athletic performance, and in the way that other people viewed me, but once I figured out that my identity only lies in one place, and that's in who I am as the father's daughter, keeping it there kind of became easier, but of course there are still challenges to that, and especially now with me being a student teacher, I'm at school all day and and I'm investing so much of myself into these students and I realized last week that a lot of the time I subconsciously was basing my value a little bit on the responses I was getting from them and the responses I was getting from Mm. you know the other faculty members there and I had to remind myself that I belong to God Mm. and it was the scripture at mass that prompted this thought It, it was the end of the passage about and it was from I think First Corinthians. He said Saint Paul was saying that everything in the world belongs to us, but we belong to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ belongs to God. So we belong to God too. And it was a really good reminder for me because I needed to remember that.
0: Yeah.
1: Like in and again the song called "Ava" by Jonathan and Melissa Houser. Like your thoughts alone define me, Father. Your yeah. thoughts define me. So. It doesn't matter what happens at school or what happens on the basketball court or what happens in mm-hmm. household. None, none of that matters because at the end of the day, I'm still the father's daughter. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to really remind myself of now.
0: Oh, that's that so regardless good.
1: Regardless of all the other voices, his is the only that one that I have to listen to. Oh,
0: that's so good. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You're oh, you're so Thank good at remembering me. scripture. My gosh. Who knew? It's not something I... That's not something I knew about you, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm like learning more about household sisters and yeah. people, and I'm becoming a better listener, hopefully. <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but like, I hope, like, and while listening to podcasts, like, people listen better. Right. And, like, to pick things out, because everyone's sharing a little bit of their heart. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for sharing yeah. your heart today. Thank you. Um, did you want to close this in a prayer? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And then you have a pass this
1: Abba, I praise you and I thank you for this day. I thank you for this podcast, for Leah, and for the opportunity that you've given us to share our hearts with one another and with all those listening. And as we continue on in the pilgrimage of life, I ask, Lord, that you may continue to pour upon us the grace to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to trust in your providence, knowing that you are opening the path that we have to walk. And always knowing in our hearts our identity as daughters, and we entrust ourselves fully to you through the intercession of our blessed Mother, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Hail Mary, Mother of God, God pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Holy Spirit. God.
0: Thanks so much, you're Gabby. You're welcome. Wow, so good. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are left inspired to get out of your comfort zone or even search within your comfort zone for a greater call to be closer to Christ. Please, if you like this podcast, share it with your friends, subscribe and rate so more people can find us. If you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at thefathersdaughter_podcast underscore podcast and check out show notes on the blog, thefathersdaughter.blogspot.com. There we will have pics of um, Gabby's journey and just some more information about our podcast. Thanks so much. You are the glory of God and I will your good.